0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode nine of Q and A questions with your favorite athletes. With me is Wofford fifth-year senior quarterback Jimmy Wiwick. Jimmy, what's up, man? Man, not much.
1: Not much. Getting ready for the last game of
0: the season. Man, it's against Furman too, right? Cross-city yes, rivals. Jeez, yes, man, dude, that's so funny. A lot of my family went to Wofford, and I got a bunch of a bunch of family that also went to Furman. So it's a huge, huge family rivalry. So this game means a lot to us, man. So I expect you to win. All right.
1: Oh, no doubt, no doubt. No
0: doubt. So your fifth year started off a bit rough. You know, you lost your first six matchups. Two of those were scoreless. Can you tell me what happened? You know, what was the reason behind this?
1: Yeah, I think the, a big thing about it was confidence piece about it. We definitely struggled coming off of last year, ending with a losing streak those last 10 games. We won our first game last year, and then every game after that, we lost. I was hurt for all of those, but I was still a part other team and around the building, obviously, to experience and still feel it just as much as the other guys. Coming into this season, it was a big confidence piece. We still had the same guys, still had the same coaching staff. We didn't necessarily change anything. We brought Coach Watson along um, as our offensive coordinator. Also, I mean, there's reasons behind everything, but not necessarily excuses. But our, our first five, we opened up with four top 25 teams and mm. Virginia Tech. And, you know, you look at it, and there's a lot of things that we could have done better with um, what we were doing. Um, obviously, with the coaching change midseason, uh, it kind of shifted our, our uh, dynamic of our team. Uh, we had Coach Watson, who came in as our offensive coordinator, who is now our interim head coach. He was our play caller, but now he has head coaching duties. So him being the head coach, we had to now get our uh, wide receivers coach, uh, Coach TC. Now he's our play caller. So we, uh, we shifted some things around. And overall, we brought some confidence to this team. And we started to learn how to play for each other. And kind of just bring that love for football back and football started becoming fun again and i think that was probably the biggest shift
0: so did you not see that clicking between teammates that chemistry being built under coach conklin
1: it was tough it was tough like i said i think because coach watson is putting such an emphasis on it now it's easy to kind of see the the disconnect we might have had before or the lack of because it was there and we we still had the chemistry and had but it was evident once that shift kind of happened, when we really put an emphasis on, look, we got to play for another. We got to figure out how to love each other, how to play as a team. It was kind of evident that we were definitely lacking before.
0: So do you think that that was the main reason y'all been on this, you know, this win streak? I mean, y'all have won three of the last four, including a big win over the Citadel. You know, what what are some specific changes that you had to make specifically?
1: Again, I, I said it kind of at the beginning. I think the biggest thing was just the confidence part um, mm-hmm. having – the belief in the support system and the confidence that you know the guy next to you believes you the coaches believe in you a lot of it that's what it took for a lot of guys because not to get super deep into it but it wasn't the greatest environment that we we had through a lot of stuff and and, and that happens when you go through a losing streak like we did so again to find reasonings kind of similar to using excuses so to really try to pinpoint something is is tough but i think for myself i had to step back and be like look you know you're supposed to be here. And Coach Watson did a good job relaying that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when things were going a little rough in the beginnings. I looked, I believe in you. I believe that you should be in this position. I have faith in you, and I know you'll turn this around. And I think for me, hearing that from my quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, it kind of got me like, you know what? You're right. You're right. and kind of helped me b- boost myself. So I was like, you know, I should be here. And, again, just a little bit of confidence is all I think we needed. And we came out hot, And it just takes that sense of winning. Once you touch it a little bit, once you have that taste of winning, it's a it's just a domino effect. You want to keep having. It. Once you finally reach it, it keeps going. So I think that's definitely a big part too.
0: No, absolutely. And let's let's talk about one of those wins. You know, your 400 plus yard passing, three touchdown game against ETSU at home. Man, tell me tell me some more about that. You know, what was that experience like?
1: Man, it was it was surreal, especially in the history of Wofford. I'm not sure anybody really expected to see uh, that um 409 yards definitely not in the passing (laughs) column that's for sure
0: no definitely not because Wofford's (laughs) been a more run-based you know offense their their entire school history
1: that's right yep and so when I came in here uh with coach Lane being the offensive coordinator here still for 30 years that's what we were kind of known as and when I was getting recruited um that was a big point in recruiting me was towards my skill set and some of the receivers we brought in with my class uh, look, we want to get thrown throwing the ball more. We mm-hmm. want to get to throwing the ball more, and each year we would kind of ease into it a little bit. But with the personnel we had, um, Joe Newman was our quarterback, player of the year in the conference, and you know one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play at this school. But his skill set was more running. He could pass the ball, but he was a great runner. And mm-hmm. so we kind of eased into it, but then he would ease back. And so obviously with Coach Watson being hired, his system and everything. We're, we're, this is something we're sticking to. This is something that he's had success in and that we won't waver from. But it takes a little bit. It takes time for the offensive linemen to really grasp the concepts mm-hmm. and the different type of calls that they have on pass plays and run plays. For our receivers, To there's so many details that goes into being a receiver and not just running a route to get open, but so many things that goes in. And then, obviously, the biggest piece is, you know, the quarterback from progression standpoint to everything so that game it was it was very rewarding to finally see things come like into place again if, if you need a confidence boost that's definitely one way to that's do it. Definitely one. It <laughs> against a team in a shootout and uh it was a test for us because we had been in a test before earlier that year with Kennesaw mm. and uh we, we ran out of time and did, ended up not winning but that was kind of a test like okay and kind of a, a new life uh you could say with with Coach Watson being our head coach. And it was kind of a new life, breath of fresh air. We were, we were tested with adversity, and we came out with a win.
0: What a win that was, too. So how long did it take you to get readjusted to this new offense where you are passing the ball more? And obviously, you're succeeding. I did mention before, though, that there were two games in your first six matchups that were scoreless. You know, how, did it take you towards more the middle of the season to really get readjusted to it? You know, tell me more about that.
1: For myself, I feel like uh, it did take me a little bit. From high school, I I definitely came from a spread offense similar to this where we would throw the ball around um, and do similar things. But when that's, you know, as old as I'm getting, that's back in 2017. (laughs) Dude, Um, you're getting old. Man. (laughs) Um, And then you go to a triple option, uh, shotgun triple option, where you're still kind of doing it. But again, Mm -hmm. um, the knowledge we had for running the ball my first couple years was – a-plus, top of the line, um, you know. And then just kind of the gap we might have had from what we knew then to what we know now about passing the ball. And, again, Coach Watson's knowledge with his offense, um, it's, it, it takes a while, even for myself, to kind of regenerate my brain um, and to get more comfortable with from going maybe to running, 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 and maybe seeing a pass play every seven, eight plays. Mm-hmm. As, all right, you're thrown on first down, thrown on second down. And that was one of the shifts we uh, took this year as well and I think helped our offense kind of evolve. We started to open it up, passing the ball on first down and on second down and not just trying to get to a manageable third down and then throw the ball. And I think that was a shift in this season that our offense kind of saw our ability to kind of pass, to open up the run, compared to running to open up the pass. Mm. Um, you said those games in the beginning of the season. I think, I think that was kind of – us struggling to find our identity mm-hmm. um we kind of had an idea of who we wanted to be but throughout those games we kind of found out who we need to be and that was again throwing the ball to open up the run and not just run run okay now let's pass it because we have to
0: mm. let's go back a little bit how did you nab this starting spot after five years? because it's very obvious just in the way you speak that you're very knowledgeable in the game how did you nab yeah. the starting position after five years
1: yeah so um it's definitely been uh an interesting journey for myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even know the right word to describe it. Maybe humbling because, uh, COVID year, um, was kind of like, man, my year, like, okay, I sat behind Joe and Miller Mosley for two years. And, uh, Peyton was, uh, Peyton Derrick also was here and we were really good friends. So it was always a good, healthy competition, even for the younger guys that, um, this past year. So that's been the the plus behind it. But, um, I I started a COVID year and then we would split time and that was that. And, uh, COVID year for everyone was crazy. So mm-hmm. that was a whole nother story. And then the year coming in, I ended up not starting the first game. And then I got I won it back halfway through the second game uh this past year. And then the next game going into VMI was my first official start. Mm-hmm. And I get hurt. Uh, what happened for exactly of, for the season? I injured my right knee. Oh god. Um yep. And it was uh had surgery and it was a, a surgery that I had surgery on before my freshman year. I tore my ACL my freshman year. And uh, man, God willing, it was it was a really good surgery and kind of cleared out a lot of scar tissue and previous stuff before, and been fin- feeling really good ever since. But it, it was it really took the wind out of my sails a lot because man, it's my it's my senior year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be your season, it's supposed to be with your guys and everything. And man, that's a long time to have some buildup.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I think coming into spring, we got Coach Watson uh, right before spring ball, and. Just to be honest, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, we have some younger guys. And, you know, the guys we have, Bryce and Cade and Trey and Chase and Kyle and Jacob, all those guys, man, they do a really good job. They're good players and they're young. And they have so much more to grow. Um, but I kind of had the, the impression of like, okay, you guys asked me to come back for my fifth year. Let's do this. And, I, you know, yeah. once I'm healthy, it'll be my thing. And the humbling part to it was – that I kind of was naive about. Coach Watson kind of told me at the end of spring, "Look, you haven't had a lot of reps. These guys have been able to compete," mm-hmm. and so I was sitting at fourth on the on the depth chart. Wow! And I kind of was like, "Man, that's because I'm not playing. That's because I'm not playing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to make myself feel better. Yeah, but exactly, also exactly. A really good job. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of lot of ground to catch up with. Um, Once summer came around, I started feeling better. Uh, my knees started feeling good, and I started to feel back to myself. Hey, when you feel um, good, you play good. Exactly, exactly. And so I think once I started feeling good, it was a big mental thing. And it was, we, we basically were all freshmen again because we were learning a new playbook. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing I kind of uh, took advantage of. We weren't doing the stuff that I had been doing for three years. So we were all freshmen. So it was raw for all of us. Um, but I, that really kind of lit a fire into me and it kind of, you know, pushed me to where, look, man, you got to learn this playbook and you got to treat yourself as you're a freshman in the classroom just learning everything uh as a young and again and so going through camp um the times of day by day i had to sit there and you know someday or the towards the beginning of it wasn't taking much reps really frustrated like man it's my fifth year and so that kind of you know it humbled me one and then two also kind of pushed me like man you came back for a reason don't make it for no reason mm. and so had to keep pushing away coach Watson best described it as man I was just consistent 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 I didn't try to do too much with that and then I'd like to think that my leadership skills at least with the guys and kind of resonated around the team and I think it became evident and man it was a blessing and finally towards the end of camp uh got named and it definitely is, it's been worth it since.
0: wow so what would you say your top quality as a leader is since it's since it's been very it's been regarded by you know head coach himself. You know, what would you yeah. say your best quality is?
1: I like to think that I I, I know how to connect with people. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. I enjoy connecting with people because I realize or I have realized and I've learned that, you know, leadership is not just someone who stands up and screams, screams mm-hmm. and gives speeches and, and does that. Is that part of the job at times? For sure. I think the biggest thing is I, I like to know how to connect with people, different people, because everyone responds different. Mm-hmm. And we have guys in our team where, you know, yeah and as the quarterback that's the job description like i just said you got to get after some guys and you got to you know get after them and kind of push them and be like, let's go man And there's other guys you gotta all right let's talk a little bit what's going on and figure out how to talk to them but that's probably the most fun part of it and then just being i like to be a smooth dude i try not to go too high when everything is good mm-hmm. try not to go too low and you know especially in practice and stuff i was speaking with the young quarterbacks you know when when coach watson and the thing he does really well is he coaches with so much respect and love
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you, you know, it's coming from a good place. And so when you're going when he gets on you, you have to understand that no matter what's being said, no matter what or how it's being said, yes, sir. And move on. And so I try mm-hmm. to keep a ring. Re- he says the eye of the hurricane, that's what he needs the quarterback to be is the eye of the hurricane. Things are going crazy. People are, you know, sporadic, everything. You just need to be calm and everything. So I would say, that I, I, I put an emphasis on myself, I know for sure, of one, being eye the eye of hurricane, and two, figure out how to connect to the dude. Don't just scream at someone because you want to be a leader. Figure out how to connect and get everyone to come together.
0: Now, during, your, during the first six games, which I know were just really difficult, did you ever see that, you know, that idea of playing you know, with that respect? Did you ever see yourself wanting to yell at these guys more, you know, get more frustrated? Because I know that frustration builds up, especially you know, coming into your last year, you want to make it your year. You know, yeah. how, how does, you know, tr- still trying to treat the guys around you with enough respect, you know, how does that keep you going?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's something I've struggled with. Being the quarterback of a team, again, uh, no matter how last season went, being the active quarterback on a team where we're struggling, um, you know, how do, how do you lead when things aren't going right? How do you keep the team going when the results aren't showing up? You know, we're putting in work, you know, we have good players. It's not like we can't, we don't have the talent. Mm-hmm. So it was really like, how do you lead when things aren't going good? And I really struggled with that. And I had many conversations uh, with our coaches, with some of my close mentors from back home, or, you know, about how to do that. And you got to have faith without seeing, got to have faith mm. without seeing. And that's tough to do. That's tough to have. But I will say, and not to get too deep into to details, but yeah. it, was, it wasn't the most healthy environment, I would say, that was established. So, us players kind of somewhat bonded in that. And in a weird way, I would say almost made us even closer. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you go through things regardless, um, it's tough. And it's really easy to point the finger and be like, look, look, look. But I tried to stay as self critical as I could. Mm-hmm. And if I, it's really easy to sit there and be like, man, well, I completed, you know, 25 balls and what, but statistics don't matter when when the winds aren't showing up mm-hmm. so i try to just i, I lit it weigh on myself a lot um maybe more than i should have that's just the that's the priority i took with myself i know those guys were working their butts off just as hard as me and everyone wanted to win just as hard as me and we, we kind of bonded together and i trusted in them enough to where i was like look, i know you guys will get your stuff corrected let me look at myself and continue just to each week try to do something better try to be better in my area hopefully help us
0: get a win wow so you'd say a lot of the trauma and the the rough patches that the team went through brought a majority of y'all closer together then
1: yeah I would I would
0: so now I know things have changed since the big head coach shift but what is your daily regimen in regards to being you know that d1 qb that leader in the classroom out the classroom on the field you know what's your daily regimen from morning yeah. to nighttime.
1: Being a fifth year, especially here at Wofford, where there's no master's degree to get, the classroom is is a bit relaxed. So I'm I'm taking
0: one class this <laughs> That's semester. That's nice. Oh man, dude, you're <laughs> living the life, man. You're <laughs> living the life.
1: I'm taking one class, and uh, it's not the most taxing class. I'm taking photography this semester, <laughs> and so it's on Tuesday, Thursday. Uh-huh. So in terms of a regimen, I almost feel like a professional football player like mm-hmm. i'm in the nfl in, in some way so there's a lot of time that i spend that's up in the coach's office and just around the training room and again being a 50 your body will thank you if you stay in the training room so I yeah. spend a lot. Of you're time definitely feeling
0: going. it right now you're definitely feeling exactly. it right now
1: exactly so but to go into a daily regimen i'm very free to wake up when i need to or when i would like to but i like to wake up and You know, there's some days where I'll head into training room and I'll be in there for a couple hours. I have classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays at one o'clock. So, you know, those will get dealt with on those days. But other than that, it really just consists of of having boring days. But boring days means getting work done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've, I've really seen the benefits of that, where I've been able to not be rushed and not have my mind clustered with homework and everything. It's really just waking up, going in the training room or hanging out, relaxing, watching film up in the coach's office and at least make my day seem productive and feel productive. Uh, and then we we're, we're uh, we practice at night and we'll have meetings at night towards around five o'clock. So I really just fill my day up with random things until then they matter again, whether it's film, whether it's, uh, the training room,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but do that and then we practice at night we we'll come come back home and uh figure out what to eat and that's about it so it's really just football football football.
0: Yeah man it sounds like you're you're practically living the life of like you said you know an, an NFL an NFL football player you know just fill your day with what you can and then get to practice and be done. That's it. That's it. Let's go way way back in time. Where did your football journey start my friend? Tell me about the very man. beginning.
1: Man. <laughs> I'm originally from from Pickerington, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is a suburb right outside of Columbus, Ohio. I mean, people down south they don't know too much about Ohio. They just think cornfields and cornfields and cornfields. <laughs> it's not
0: that, dude. Not a bit. <laughs> it's
1: uh, it, that's somewhat accurate, but where I'm from, it's a little bit more urbanized than mm-hmm. uh, right there in the suburbs. But my football journey, man, we had a we had an organization called PYAA, Pickerington Youth Athletic Association, and that's where everyone played and around the, the city, you know. in first grade I think was my first year I think I was playing tight end (laughs) oh how the times have changed how the times have changed Um, I don't think I started playing quarterback until maybe third or fourth grade. So I don't really, really think I hit my stride until about fourth grade. But mm-hmm. my first year, I'll tell you a funny story about how I met one of my one of my best friends. Bring it on. Uh, his name is Xavier Henderson. He uh he plays safety at Michigan State and having some, had a great career there, and most likely will end up in the NFL here this year or whenever he decides to declare. Wow. Uh so we were playing each other and I was playing defense and again I had a, a butt face mask and I don't know if that's what you guys call it <laughs> down here, but you got the one bar coming right down your eye. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had
1: one of those and man I was just out there trying to figure out my older brother played football and mm-hmm. man, my whole life i just wanted to be like him. And we can get to that, but I knew I just wanted to play football at that point. I was playing getting yeah, my best friend X, who I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh he he rolled around and was running a bootleg and I went and I smacked him and i, was, I, was, I kind of was like okay well that that just happened he looked <laughs> at me on the, just happened. looked at me looked at me on the ground and showed me his hands he's like good hit but i don't have the ball oh i forgot the guy was running behind me <laughs> for a couple of yards and uh from that day on uh me and him were just kind of friends and then after that the next year his dad took me in the little draft and everything and we played on the same team almost every year after that and that's really how we became best friends but that's a, a story from my first year that i'll never forget
0: have y'all have y'all stayed friends throughout this entire process like even through college
1: we have yeah and it's it's, it's kind of weird to where we're both at a point to where again he's at a big 10 school and he's busy up in michigan i'm busy down here in south carolina mm-hmm. um so we don't talk as much but that bond will forever be there. Like I said, we played on the same team leading up to sixth grade. I made a big decision where we have two high schools in my hometown. You go to Central you go to North. My mm-hmm. brother went to North. All my friends were going to Central. I kind of took the road less traveled and went with my brother. And wow. It worked out for me. Uh, Wish I would have had more time with him, But we always remain friends, all of my guys over there. And still, when we go back on break um, here this next week, I'm sure I'll see him and all my other guys. And so we've all established a really good relationship that we still have when we go back home.
0: Do you ever regret not going the path more followed? You know, going to that high yeah. school with all your friends?
1: I got to be careful saying that because it's similar to us in Furman, man. It's a, it's a strong rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do regret not having more time around them because they were my true, truly my best friends. Mm-hmm. But I would say I don't regret it because for what I needed in my life and obviously athletically, this was definitely the, the smart option in terms of where I went, so it worked out for the veterans. what where I laid my hat as? Man, I still got I still got them. We're still best friends, and I was <laughs> able to maintain them all through high school, so I'm good with that.
0: See, that's all that matters, my friend. That's all that matters. <laughs> so, in regards to getting recruited by Wofford, you know what what was that whole process?
1: Coach Romero, Coach Romero's an Ohio guy. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was an uh, All American running back in the Hall of Fame here at Wofford back in 2010. I want some around those uh, years um he's originally from cincinnati ohio which Mm -hmm. is not too far maybe an hour and a half i met him uh my sophomore year at a winter workout he came up and came and checked us out Mm -hmm. um we just talking to a bunch of guys and i saw wofford football follow me after after that workout in my mind i was like okay who who was that
0: interesting
1: (laughs) i had no idea i had no clue who wofford was i had no clue what the fcs was at all because up north it's kind of like our fcs is the mac um with Ohio University and all that. Mm-hmm. And so didn't speak much to Coach Romero after that. I was just coming off an injury year, my sophomore year of uh, high school. But then my junior year, I had a great season. And then obviously senior year, Coach Lang and uh, me started speaking maybe right around the beginning of senior year. And we would just have a phone call. And I still remember the first time he ever called me. That's one of the greatest men I've ever had a chance to have in my life. Country accent was the strongest accent I've ever heard. <laughs> uh-huh. And it made me think that I wasn't on a recruiting call. And I just remember being comfortable with him, and we continued to talk more and more. And throughout my season, I never got the chance to come to a game or a camp here, but I visited here in January during what we have interim, where there's one class. And my mom loved it because it was South Carolina, and it was beautiful, and the Mm -hmm. opportunities here. And after that visit, a couple guys walked away with offers, and I kind of was like, man, okay, all right. It's getting close to signing day, and Mm -hmm. I had other other." FCS offers and some opportunities out there, Division Two and some FBS schools still kind of on the fence about everything. But it was getting close to making the decision. There was a there was a quarterback for Furman actually. I've never spoken a word to this guy. But his name's Hamp sisson
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh Was quarterback there at Furman for a couple of years. I believe that it was just a waiting game with him. I was speaking with Furman. I was speaking with Wofford. I don't think they knew that I knew, but I think he was deciding whether to go to Wofford or Furman, and I mm. think I would have landed at either one. Ooh. And, it was obvious what he chose, and that's why I'm here, I think. <laughs>
0: wow. So you think it was, either, it was either one or the other, you know, whichever you chose, they were going to offer him the other?
1: I do. I think so. I think so. <laughs>
0: wow. And so no regrets whatsoever?
1: Not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm wearing black and gold, and that's, that, that's 100% for sure.
0: Hey, I'm all I'm saying is this. those are the best colors, best colors to yeah. wear. Exactly. Yeah, so you mentioned your brother earlier, and I'm guessing he was a big inspiration to you, right? Yep. Tell me more about that relationship.
1: Yeah, a brother bond is is something wild, and it's something you don't realize until you get older because, obviously, me and him fought just like any other brothers growing up. But it was one of them things where – so he was three years older than me, and he he was always a great athlete playing baseball, playing football, basketball. Everything he did, I wanted to do. And with that, I would always be around for his stuff, hanging out with his friends, and so I'd be playing against these guys that were three years older than me and really getting bullied a lot of the time and, and just being that annoying little brother that's trying to fit in, <laughs> trying to be around, trying yeah. to hang with them. In And the development-wise, I think that really helped me because, again, I was getting my butt kicked, but it was also preparing me for when I got older it's going to happen as well. And just so through the years, I just would kind of adapt and, and, and look at the ways he would do things and, again, try to replicate it, try to replicate it. He was more of a running back and a hard hitter, kind of like a tough, crazy meathead. Mm-hmm. I was more of a guy who would... I'm, I'm going to slide and try to avoid the hit. But I'm, mm. I'll end up, you know, a typical quarterback, you might say.
0: A uh, typical quarterback.
1: <laughs> but um, now we get to high school, and he actually was – he started since his sophomore year. I got the chance to start my freshman year of high school in varsity. I started the first game as a free safety because he tore his ACL that summer playing rugby. So I was starting free safety and then on the last play of the first game we had a senior quarterback transfer come in. On the last play mm-hmm. of the first game of my first year, tore everything in his knee.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: so we talk about just little stories behind the scenes. My brother came on the bus. He obviously wasn't dressed, and he was more just supportive. I had a really good game that as a free safety, but he came on the bus and was like, look, dude, get ready because you're starting quarterback next week. And so I was kind of like, well, obviously what I wanted to do, and they knew I was a quarterback, but I was just trying to get on the field, and I hadn't really done a quarterback drill or anything in a couple of weeks. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, yeah. all right. So he sat down next to me, and he, was always, he always pushed me and had no remorse for pushing me. I wouldn't have wanted to eat it any other way. I remember before that game, I couldn't move. I was nervous, and we were playing the defending state champions in a huge soccer, professional soccer wow. stadium. So he kind of took me, and he was crazy. He took me, and before the game, I was like, man, his name is Frankie. I said, Frankie, I can't really move right now. And he mm-hmm. said, all right, let's go fix this. Took me uh, to the locker room, threw me in the bathroom. I was like, look, you got to throw up, throw up. I'm not leaving until something happens because I'm mm-hmm. not going to have you sit here and tell me you're nervous. Well, he ended up going uh, to the next stall and throwing up. I think he was more nervous for me than myself. <laughs> and oh my so, God. That's brotherly um, love right the there. Brother... Yeah, no, that's it. That's just the type of brother he was. He was a nut, but he, man, it was so much love. So he got me back out there and, again, had a good game. And then he's actually came back and had a season. And then the, the funny dynamic of it is he's now three years older than me. He's... I have a nephew and a niece. Mm-hmm. He got two kids and a wife. And, man, he's doing great in life. And I still look up to him to this day.
0: Man, that's awesome. Now, in regards to, you know, other people in your life, you know, that's a great bond. But do you wish there was anybody that could watch you play at every game? You know, do you dedicate your performances to anyone in particular?
1: That's with my parents, my mom and my dad, my mom gets the chance to come to mostly every game. She makes it a point.
0: Uh, her and her
1: husband, Neil, they do. They love traveling, so they travel mm-hmm. all the time. She goes back home. She lives in Florida currently, or mm-hmm. right now. And, man, both of them, uh, her and my stepdad, they – they do such a good job of traveling, back home to see the family, making it a point to come to every game. Um, but my dad, my dad, me and him, uh, we really got close my junior, senior year just from them splitting up and everything. And it was all a healthy thing. And there was nothing bad about it. But mm-hmm. when me and him are only, got only guys at the house, it's a bit of a bachelor pass. So you got no chance oh, yeah. to out and, and mm-hmm. kick it with pops. And so um, <laughs> he's older. So pe- people laugh when I tell him he just turned 77 this year. Wow. Um, yeah, he look. He looks about fifty-seven, and probably acts about twenty-seven. Hey, good for him. Really, good for him. Man, he doesn't really realize. It. But <laughs> um, man, I will say it, it's tough for him to get down here and everything. He still moves around just fine, but an eight-hour drive from Columbus, Ohio, down to uh, Spartanburg is not always the easiest. No, it is not. Um. So this past this past senior day, it was a. Uh, gave me a little extra motivation he was supposed to come everything was set up tickets and senior day and all that good stuff he had he had a procedure done where they had to keep him uh on bed rest a little bit so it was a bit disappointing but Mm -hmm. i mean i I told him i was like you 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 uh focus on your health because that's what i'm worried about Mm -hmm. but he'll be on espn plus and man i got about 30 texts throughout that game and i won't see him until obviously after the game but i love coming back to my phone and seeing it
0: god dude i bet you that's just the best feeling in the world Oh, it
1: is. It is.
0: That's amazing. So before playing those big games, you know how how do you keep yourself calm? Especially, I mean, you you all said y'all played you know Virginia Tech this year and y'all played some some bigger some big name schools. You know how do you keep yourself yeah. calm before those games?
1: So that Virginia Tech game, that was a uh, that was the most surreal experience I've had as a player. When you walk out to um, Inner Sandman and the whole stadium is filled on an on an 11:30 kickoff. Against the FCS team, the stadium just filled. It was the most electric place I've been a part of as a player. When you kind of go through that, it's kind of hard to be nervous about any other game following that. You know, you, mm-hmm. you reach the top of the top experiences, and that's not to knock anything about um, the SOCOM. And we still got, man, the Western Carolina fans were, were ruthless. Ooh, you know, oh my gosh. And, yes, they are. <laughs> oh, man. They, they will get after you, and they're right, at, right behind your bench. And so, each game, I still get that same feeling. But when you're around that environment, especially early on in the season, you're kind of prepared for whatever. And I've learned I'm not big into fake antics of I don't care to be the first one running out through the banner when the when the song comes on. I don't really care to run down towards the student section and, and get everyone hyped. I'm kind of more, I don't like to get in my head too much at all either. And I think as a, young, a younger player, I kind of would do that. Man, I got to figure out man, what's going on. But I've learned how to prepare for a game. And that's all due to Coach Watson. I've learned how to one, watch film. Why am I watching what I'm watching? Mm-hmm. Have a plan set up throughout my notebook of, of of key things. Not just studying film just to study, but stuff to where when I get on the field, oh, that's why I looked at that stuff because mm-hmm. I already know mm-hmm. what they're going to do. So I think the clear mind I've been able to have is through my preparation. With that being said, like I said, when you go through a big game like that earlier on the season, and then also with preparation, you keep building that and building that and, and realizing why you do it a certain way. Man, there's, there's not much, especially this last game. You know it's my last time putting on a waffle jersey so mm-hmm. um, yeah it'll make Rasmus, it worth it man beginning of this week they were like does that make it more nerve wracking for you no and that that just gives me more freedom to you know sit there and go look I'm a fifth year guy I know what it means to me I know what it means to some all the coaches I know what it means to the younger guys and they'll soon find out if they don't man I go out there and lay it on the line and I have nothing to regret, nothing to lose. Just pray play free and again I don't have to play with the S on my chest and the cape on my back mm-hmm. uh, and do anything spectacular because that's the type of team we have. I got faith in these guys, and I just have to go do my job. But I find confidence in knowing that I got guys that support me, that make me look really good as well.
0: So you think you're prepared? You think you're ready for tomorrow?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think for sure by week by week eleven, you, you kind of gotta be. You like, kind of you, you really gotta,
0: gotta, gotta be. You gotta be.
1: <laughs> and if you're not, well, that's, that's that's uh might tell you how your season went. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely think so. I mean, I feel good again. is Uh, we have. You know, being the underdog kind of my whole life, whether it's through recruiting, through, again, this season coming up, trying to win the starting spot. You know, I'm kind of used to being the underdog. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of us guys that landed in the FCSR, and especially at Wofford, kind of still had that chip on their shoulder. So and that's what we are. That's what we are right now leading into this week. We're the underdogs, and we have a chance to foil, uh, whether it's playoff chances or, man, it, whether it's just pride uh, mm-hmm. for those guys because they're a good football team.
0: They are a good um, football team. Mm-hmm. That's a
1: little extra motivation for us to be like, look, man, at your guys' house, let's go out there and get a win um, and kind of spoil it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, for someone who bleeds black and gold like I do, man, I'm praying for you that y'all get this win, you know.
1: Man, I, that's what we like to hear.
0: Yeah, man, of course. And so for anybody that does watch you, especially the youngins, you know, that are inspired by you, you know, what what do you have to say?
1: Man, always bet on yourself. Always bet on yourself. And I, it, it – it's so tough to do that because the world wants to tell you that you're not good enough that you can't go do this and uh you can't go do that and man always bet on yourself because whether no matter the amount of time it takes if you're if you're a good person about your work and you truly do put in the work you believe that you should be putting in Cause it's so easy to fake the stuff and put videos out there on social media. And man, I'm I'm grinding, man. I'm working. Mm-hmm. But when you're when you're a good person and you do it for the right reasons, and, and the right reasons being, it's not just the man. I'm gonna work hard just so I can get to get to college. But the the realize, the realization of like, man, like the guys you're coming around, whether it's on a high school team or just as a young kid, man, the people around you are what makes you good. Mm. And what makes you a, a good person, what makes you a good athlete? Because you're, you're nothing without a, a good support system on the field, off the field. So, man, always bend on yourself and being a good person about your work. Coach Watson always says that, that that'll get you farther than, than anything else. And, you know, nothing in this life, nothing in life comes from selfish behavior you really have to learn to serve others and that's where i get a lot of my gratitude for other people is like man like serving other people is where i find a lot of happiness because i like i like seeing other people around me benefit from what i can offer and once you give yourself up to others and really just allow yourself to be a servant leader and just for others a lot of good things start to happen for you. you just again just Never, ever give up. It's easy. That's what they want you to do, and that's, yep. that's mm-hmm. the easy thing to do. But, man, mm-hmm. don't give up on anything you believe that you're able to do.
0: Jimmy, man, thank you so much for doing this. I really man. appreciate it. Man, I'm leaving with lots of things learned, you know, lots of things now knowing. And I really appreciate your time, man.
1: Man, I appreciate you having me. For sure. Yeah, of
0: course. Hey, this has been Q&A Episode 9. We will see y'all
1: later.